Hello and welcome to a live Kerfuffy break on Deep Program with Carrie Smith. I'm your host, Carrie, and uh, this is still a relatively new channel. I always need to remember to say that. Uh, we're almost at 12,000 subscribers after just a few months. So that's very exciting. Thank you guys, everyone who shared uh, the videos with people. Uh, if it's your first time here, please consider hitting subscribe or check and see if you're still subscribed because sometimes YouTube has some funny ways of treating us. Um, so I'm very excited about today's guests. Before I introduce them, though, I wrote down a note so I wouldn't forget. Book Club is tomorrow. We're bringing Book Club back and we are going to be discussing this lighthearted romp uh, called The Real Anthony Fauci by Robert F. Kennedy. And if you want to be a part of it, this one we're doing on Locals. It's kerrysmith.locals.com. I know it's new technology. I know it's a new platform. I'm still figuring it out myself. Uh, I ask that if you, just for this one, if you want to help us test it out, A, we don't want to talk about this book on YouTube because I know we'll get a strike. And B, it's a good excuse to test out locals. So if you have any trouble creating an account over there, let us know. Uh, you can email us at deprogrammedpod, deprogrammedpod at gmail.com. And I'm just going to mute you guys real quick. There we go. Uh, and then Amy can help you or I can help you figure it out. And uh, if you have any questions, you can send them there. I think that's it. So without further ado, my guests today are Mike Harlow, who many of you know, and Tracy, there you are. Hi. Hang on, hang on, hang on. There we go. <laughs> Tracy from Keto and Crime. I think there's some background noise in somebody's. It's probably me. There's another per person here that works from home and they're on a meeting. So I'll mute myself. And okay. Just remember to unmute yourself when you're talking. <laughs> so actually. I thought, I thought it was uh, the, the biker gang in my neighborhood because this is like the one room in my house that doesn't have air conditioning. So I open the window a little bit. This gets hot, but it's a loud biker gang. They're okay. not, I'm, I'm homies, so it's cool. But like, you know, Spanish, Italian, it gets loud. I don't hear them yet, so it's definitely not them. Uh, Tracy, though, I do want you to introduce yourself because this is your first time on Deprogrammed. And I know the three of us hung out the other night. Uh, if you guys aren't familiar with Tracy, she hosts a channel here on YouTube called Keto and Crime, where she talks about keto and true crime. If you're a true crime bug like me, it's a great channel. You can go check it out. But tell us a little bit about what you do there, Tracy. Hey, uh, it is a pleasure to be here, Carrie. Thank you so much. And uh, I do, um, I document my weight loss journey, which seems to spend an ongoing weight loss journey. And I talk about uh, history, particularly dark history and true crime, hence, hence the name. So uh, that's what I do. And I love uh, meeting new people and hanging out. So if anybody here has an interest in history and true crime, come on over. I love your, I called it a Christmas tree mistakenly before we started, but it's not a Christmas tree. No, it? it is a tree. It is a tree that changes with the holidays. It's actually a patriotic tree since we're in the season of um, uh, patriotism. <laughs> a lot of people think I'm just lazy. and Well, it, part of it is laziness that I don't want to take down the tree. <laughs> but I keep, uh, we keep changing it for the season. It'll be uh, patriotic the rest of the summer and then it'll become a Halloween tree. <laughs> I love that. I think I want to do that once we get this house in some kind of working order. Uh, but yeah, it's so festive. So 
uh, for anybody who hasn't followed uh, Tracy at Keto and Crime, she just had Mikey and I, we just, the two of us. So we decided to get together this Friday because we just got together on her channel to tape a special episode. And when is that one coming out? Do you know? It will be out next week, probably Monday or Tuesday. I will let everyone know. I'm a little behind on my editing, unfortunately. <laughs> it is 100% frivolity for everyone who likes frivolity. It was so much fun to do. We just got together and talked about our favorite horror movies. Uh, we tried to pick ones that were not as well known, although some of them are, are very were, ended up being pretty famous. But what were you going to say, Mike? I was going to say it's not frivolity for me. It's my life. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> I got We got to discuss horror movies the other night. The first time I was on Tracy's channel, we did a whole special about the Scream franchise. Best days ever you it was also really fun i'll just to tease it a little bit you definitely have what we found was that in giving our list of 10 we each have our own kind of genre that we like or prefer and yours seems to be mike's genre i think you guys can guess it if you know him it's the uh what was it it's the last girl genre. Final girls. the final girls it's like who, the 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 horror movies that have a female lead who's the there's one final one standing in the end that's your genre I aspire to be the final girl of life. <laughs> well, so amazing. I did see some people in the chat before we started. Thank you guys for hanging out with us and um, being patient as we started. Tara T said, so glad to hear about true crime because I don't want to deal with work today. <laughs> so we can get to some true crime, I'm sure. Tracy, um, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, a big case I've been following just had an update today. So I, I'm happy to talk about that if we get to it. Well, why don't I have some stuff to talk about that's more just in the in the world stuff. Why don't we talk about the true crime, though? That's interesting. Can I say what? something very important? Yeah. Though? I just discovered the chat button. Hi, Leah. Hi, everyone. But um, can you put Lara's chat on the screen? Um, can I? Let's see. Oh, you look thin, Mikey. <laughs> I is, love you. Is that a good thing? Do you look yes. too, do you look too thin? I hope so. I used to it's, I feel like I've gained so much weight from quitting smoking. Like back when I was smoking all the time, people would think that like I had an eating disorder or, or I was on drugs. And now I'll see pictures and I'm like, oh, I did, and I wasn't even trying. So please think think I'm a junkie. Think something. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> and I, I, don't I want to address Jules. Uh, she's talking about how I possibly can't have cats due to the a permanent tree. Yes, I do have a cat. And uh, we had three. Unfortunately, two of them passed away. But uh, we have a whole menagerie of rescue animals. We have four dogs and one cat. We did have four dogs and three cats. So uh, occasionally things come up missing or roll across the floor. I just replace them. Does your cat stay out of the tree though? You don't have any national no. Christmas vacation. Oh no, no. She's happening? she is a huge Russian blue. She's probably oh 10 pounds. So she's a big, a big cat. So she would knock the whole tree over if she tried to get into it. So <laughs> I had the other night, I was actually on a Zoom call with my locals family. Um, so do I. She's the best. <laughs> so is Gary. <laughs> Um, oh God, though, the other night, so my dog will not let me go near because now he was a rescue. So he's nuts. So the other night I'm on a zoom call <laughs> and realized that I had an old space heater laying around that I meant to throw out and it has the, the grate on it with these tiny little holes. My dog got all of his nails caught inside it 
and I had to pry each one out. Oh my God. I never thought I would get it. Oh, it's okay. Happy. We had, well, this house, uh, if you follow the channel, I've talked about the struggles with it. So, you know, we've been renovating this house while we live in it, this very old house. And they put in, no one had lived in it for 30 years and it was built in the early 1900s and we had to install AC. And so for the longest time, they did not bring the grates. And so there were all these open holes in the floor and I've dropped three bars of soap down one, uh, a plug, uh, a, a couple of different kinds of containers. I, I actually fell in one of the holes up to my knee. <laughs> so we finally got, they finally came and brought grates so that that's not happening what? anymore. But yeah, yeah, it was sort of dangerous. You're just walking around like, I, <laughs> I accidentally stepped into, uh, not in this house, but in a house we owned previously, um, there was an old septic tank in the back that, some city water at that point, but there, there was, at one point had been a septic tank and they, you know, they filled it in. It was a dead tank. And one night during a storm, the storm knocked a tree over in my neighbor's yard and it came crashing into our yard. And of course I ran out to see what all the commotion was. And as I ran across the yard, I stepped where that tank was. When it, the tree hit the ground, there was enough of a jostle that it weakened, however they had filled it in. And I just went straight down into that old septic tank. Luckily, it was dry. And luckily, I caught myself where I fell all the way in it. So I, I know what that feels like. That sounds like the beginning of a horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> Someone asked, I think it was Michael asked if I've seen Revenge. I don't know if you mean the movie or the show. The movie I kind of wanted to see, but I was afraid it might be woke. The show Revenge I used to like, and then they ruined it. Do not bring characters back from the dead. That is how you kill your story. Don't do it. Death needs to be final. Sorry, that's my rant. That's all. Um. Well, well why? Do, I don't know what show you're talking about. So I'm gonna. Revenge. <laughs> Tracy, oh, it's not worth it. Why don't you start? Fill us in on this because on your show you cover different crimes are in the news so what was the what's the one that has an update and, and what case are you talking about okay i'm talking about the case of alex uh, murdo some people pronounce it murdoch but it is um a family that have literally been high, highly placed in south carolina politics since the 1920s there have been a succession of them being the solicitors of the 14th district which encompasses about six counties there in south carolina and so uh, during 2021, uh, one of the brothers, uh, his wife and son, his youngest son, were found murdered on their very ritzy estate near the dog kennels. He put in the 911 call and there's just a lot of stuff. It's like an onion. You continue to peel back the layers and comes out. He's just been charged. Um, the DA has now put out an intent to prosecute him for the murders. So. This yeah. today. And, and in addition, there was a gay man, a young gay man that was uh, killed in a hit and run on a very uh, backwoods road in South Carolina in 2015 that was just labeled a mysterious hit and run. But now they've discovered it. He may have had ties to the oldest brother, like Alex Murdo's oldest son. And, and there was a housekeeper that fell down the steps in 2018 and died and they had to pay out a wrongful death suit. And the brother, the younger brother, the one that was killed, was drunk boating and killed a 19 year old woman in uh, 2019. So there's just layer on layer of this. Wow. What? Yeah. And then he was he was thrown out of his law firm as well for embezzling money. So it's just 
uh, white and white collar and murder colliding with this family. Like a very well connected family. Yeah, there's going to be a, a lifetime movie about this one. <laughs> yeah, what there's going to be a lifetime of, movie. What part of South Carolina are they in? Charleston. Uh, uh, Hilton Head. Oh, uh, Hilton Head. Myrtle okay. Beach. Uh, uh, Baymont. Uh, Beaumont. 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 <laughs> Beaumont. I'm, I'm from South Carolina. Yeah. I yeah. was just curious. Yeah. The, the, where where an, a wealthy family might be is yeah definitely one of those places. Um, I had not heard of that one. So yeah. I'm going to go check out your channel about that one. Um, that I, insane. Yeah. yeah. I've been watching. to like another story. Which like story? All the stories. Which story? Well, when she started saying about the gay guy in the hit I thought she was segueing to talk about another story. But it's all. No. Oh, it's oh. Them all. Yeah. Well, I mean, that one may or may not be related. But due to him being very close with Buster Murdoch. They are Mur Buster Murdo. They think possibly someone might have killed him to cover up the fact that Buster's gay. It's probably very plausible. Uh, so they've reopened that case, and then of course the housekeeper falls down the steps and dies. Oldest oldest story in the book, as we know from the documentary, The Staircase. Um, we were talking then, about course, that. Oh no! And then Sorry, of course him being. Drunk and killing a 19 year old by you know drunken boating, and then he mysteriously dies. So, who knows? There seem to be a lot of well connected, sort of um, wealthier people who have these strange like DUI things in their past. That, that like, the, like, there's a lot of politicians with stuff like that that have just sort of been covered up or they've been given a light. Uh, sentence or let off entirely. Holly Pelosi. I mean, we're following yeah. that now. <laughs> or yeah. uh, Ted Kennedy. <laughs> That's the most infamous of uh, yeah. all. Beto. There's one in Beto's yeah. past. Yeah, it's it's strange. Um, so yeah. I, well, I have something. It's not a true crime thing, but something that happened recently. Now, this is just, this is a bit of news, but also frivolity because it just makes me laugh. Um, one of the people that we got to hang out with when I was in New York recently, Mike and I got to hang out with Alex Stein, who is just a joy. He's a comedian who, if you're not familiar with him, he uh, goes to city council meetings and he he basically does what I would call performance art. <laughs> and he, he uses satire and comedy. He's the guy that did the vaccine rap that you may have seen, the abortion rap. Uh, there's one where he dressed up like, like a transgender swimmer and was just yelling like, do I look like I have an advantage? <laughs> and so he kind of, uh, I feel like everybody has, everybody has a different talent and a different experience to draw from and a different pool of people who are around them and so not everybody has to push back against woke or against the crazy world that we find ourselves in in the same way and the way that he does it is just it's just a joy um i think he's like a true comic sort of makes fun of the things that you're not supposed to make fun of and he definitely does that and so he was in the news recently uh because he has started sort of confronting different politicians and uh before right before we hung out with him he had just been in the news because he he confronted dan crenshaw and was sort of yelling at him about uh uh in his in his humorous way but he was he was calling him eye patch mccain 
and that made the news and they said that he that he assaulted dan crenshaw which their full videos out he did not assault him he didn't touch him nothing dan crenshaw's people touched him but he didn't he did not assault him so anyway a couple days ago let me see if i can put this on the screen um a couple days ago he was talking to a couple different congress people now there's a few videos but it was the one with aoc that went viral if you're not on twitter you may not have seen this so we're going to pull it up also just because i need to laugh let's do it can you guys see that mm -hmm. okay so this is aoc tweeting about it she says <laughs> <laughs> she says i posted about a deeply disgusting incident that happened today on the capitol steps deeply she, deeply disgusting but i took it down because it's clearly someone seeking extremist fame extremist what is extremist fame it's just a bummer to work in an institution that openly allowed this but talking about it only invites more just really sad wait so why are you still talking about it then but talking about it only invites more just really sad here, here's a video yeah here is a video he posted of the incident i was actually walking over to deck him because if no one will protect us then i'll do it myself but i needed sure. to catch a vote yeah sure, more than a case today. Throw a punch. but she says she was going to physically assault him that's what's crazy okay we're gonna we're gonna watch this see you my favorite big booty latina i love you aoc you're my favorite she wants to kill babies but she's still beautiful you look very beautiful in that dress you look very sexy look at that booty on aoc that's my favorite big booty latina <laughs> I love it. My favorite AOC. Nice to meet you, AOC. Look how sexy she looks in that dress. Woo! I love it, AOC. Hot, hot, hot like a tamale. See, big booty. That's my favorite part. <laughs> I just, I just, he, he just cracks me up because. Like I saw some people, there were some people in the comments of this who were just saying, I'm based or I'm a conservative, but I don't agree. And they're kind of, you know, how appropriate they're so appropriate. Yeah. And, and the thing is, a, he's a comedian, he's being funny. He's heckling her in a, in a humorous way. You may not find it funny, but if anybody looks at that and think that's, that's really harassment, I mean, he's not harassing her. He's calling her sexy. He's calling her his favorite she's from the bronx <laughs> isn't she used to being cat called right i mean just walk on i mean it's like she wants con congressional police to protect her safe space if she wants to be a celebrity that's what happens to celebrities and politicians you get right. over it that's and, the and thing she literally said um you know like we can laugh at it and shit too, but let's not gloss over the fact that she also did an Instagram story lamenting the fact that the police wouldn't arrest him or she couldn't press charges. So this is a congresswoman who wants to arrest a private citizen for speech, a comedian yeah. for speech. On the steps of a public building where his tax money pays for it. Uh, yeah. Get over yourself. Yeah. There were some interesting people that jumped to her defense. One of them was Bill O'Reilly. He said that. Uh, oh, yeah, he's one to talk. Yeah, that. Uh, 
he implied falafel. his falafel he implied that, that there needed to be some kind of law to quote protect like what kind of law this is free speech you may not like it he's saying something that offends you you walk by he's not coming to your house he's not following you to a restaurant where you're trying to have dinner with your family like they've done to Kavanaugh here. And, and this is what people were pointing out that I thought was important. Um, this is an article from Fox. It, the headline is no sympathy. AOC blasted for complaining about harassment, though she belittled Kavanaugh's harassment. Yeah. Um, it's not, he was at her house or her apartment or wherever she lives. And it's certainly not, he was like, it's not, it wasn't an attempted assassination like happened to Brett Kavanaugh, you know, there, Conservatives, we, we would have an entirely different opinion if that was the case. But she was being heckled, heckled on a public uh, public grounds. Yes. And, and, and this is what she said. Go ahead. I was just saying, let's remember, uh, I, I'm going to do my NPR voice right now. Dear, dear women of America, Bill O'Reilly wants to rub a falafel on your vagina. Just Google it. Just Google Bill O'Reilly falafel. He is one to freaking talk. That'd be the spiciest falafel he ever tasted. <laughs> Hot like a tamale, like a falafel. <laughs> <laughs> so in this article, uh, the subheadline is Orcasio Cortez complained that the U.S. Congress, quote, openly allowed her to be heckled. Um, I just want to read wow. some of this because they really, they really summarize. Did you want Nancy Pelosi to come flying out like Batman and tackle him? I don't know what she I wants. Mean, she wants him to be arrested for saying things she doesn't like. Okay, so less than a week after Congresswoman AOC mocked Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh, after protesters forced him to leave a Washington D.C. restaurant, the lawmaker complained on Twitter being victimized by heckling on the steps of the Capitol building on Wednesday. Conservative users on Twitter blasted the congresswoman for the apparent double standard. Um, so then they read her tweet that we just read. And, um, and then this is what people were saying. However, as several prominent conservatives on Twitter pointed out, AOC made fun of Justice Kavanaugh after he was forced to flee Morton's restaurant in D.C. because of protesters. And this is what she said back then. She said, poor guy. He left before his souffle because he decided half the country should risk death if they have an ectopic pregnancy within the wrong state lines. It's all very unfair to him. The least they could do is let him eat cake. And that was like a week ago, by the way. Yeah, July 8th. Um, and then here we go. There's if you keep going and they, they highlight some conservatives like Matt Walsh saying you've defended leftist militants who harass Supreme Court justices at their homes. So you get absolutely no sympathy here at all, which I agree with. She she is a hypocrite. Um, this is people saying, weren't you cheering the harassment of Brett Kavanaugh? And as you pointed out, Tracy, down below, I, I guess I entirely missed this, but someone showed up at his house actually it's not in this one didn't didn't someone get arrested for going to his house with a plot to kill yeah. him yeah they they had weapons they they were there and then when they saw the the federal security that was there they turned themselves in and said it which i think is the world's stupidest criminal if you're there to do it and you see just turn around and walk your happy ass home don't turn yourself in it just proves how dumb some people are yeah but and the thing was with AOC, if that if it, if I was a a congressman that had the reputation of AOC, and he was 
out there heckling me, I would have heckled him right back. That's the difference yeah. between me and her. I would have just popped jokes right back. I'd have probably shook my ass a little bit and danced around <laughs> with him. And then I would have, I'd have probably hugged him and parted ways. There would have been a totally different coverage on that if there was any coverage at all. Oh, that would have made my day if someone, I, I'm just offended he didn't tell me that I have a nice spicy Latina booty. <laughs> Highly offended. The, what she did instead was, now she posted a video herself. I don't know if you guys saw this because she took it down, but the internet is forever and yep. we can watch it here. So I don't, you guys may not have seen this. This is what she posted. Hey everybody, I'm here in the Capitol. Um, see this guy right there, <laughs> right there. He, when I was walking up, um, he said, hey, right in front of the Capitol Police officer, hey, uh, here's this, look at that big ass, look at that big juicy booty, this Latina, like whatever, you know, all the bunch of racist, sexist stuff. And he didn't say Latin X. He didn't do anything. I'm just telling you because um, this institution is not designed to protect Mix people she almost said women what do you want them to do really sad that my only recourse is to just let you know about it but that's the institution we're in protect but me from the man's mean words <laughs> exactly <laughs> they weren't even mean words they were quite complimentary no. they yeah and she was misquoting him all over the place. Yeah, that luscious ass. <laughs> he didn't say that. He didn't. I don't even think he said ass. I think he said booty. He said so. booty. He said big booty. Um, my favorite part of the, <laughs> my favorite part of this is at the very beginning. Just one more time. Just one more time. Where she she's like, look at this man, and then she does the camera, and then you can see him going. <laughs> look at wait wait. One more time. Hey, everybody. I'm here in the Capitol. Um, see this guy right there? Right there. <laughs> when I was walking up. <laughs> it's, so, it's like a sketch. It, it's almost like it's scripted. It's, it's, like, a, it's like Mad TV or SNL. What if what if AOC hired him just to get more publicity? I can start a rumor like that. You can start a rumor. Oh, she loves it. Please, people like her, whenever they can feel victimized like this, the only sound that they hear is ka-ching. <laughs> exactly. She'll she fundraise off of this for weeks. Oh, she has been. So so she's been tweeting about it nonstop since it happened like two days ago, like a professional cry bully victim. And one of the things she did is she said, I went to Instagram and I asked men, what can we do? What can we do about, what can men do to stop themselves from harassing and abusing women like this? I'm like, first of all, this is not harassment. This is not abuse. Quit belittling what those words mean. You know, you're doing victims of harassment and abuse. No good. I have, I've lived in San Francisco. I've lived in Nashville. I've been cat when I was much younger. I've been cat called. I considered it a compliment. And moved on with my day, but that's the way I look at it. Yeah, I'm upset. I haven't been in a little while. Like this whole summer, wearing hooker short. No one. 
No I will fly to New York and stalk you on the street. And when you walk by, we'll call you a luscious ass. Just big booty is, I mean, that's just funny. I think he, he did some interviews about it. And one of the things I saw him say was, I didn't say luscious ass because as a comedian, I like to take it right up to the edge. You know, I, I think that would be crossing the line. I said, booty, booty's a funny word. It's not crossing that line. You know, he was sort of ex breaking it down from a humor perspective. And he's right. It's a, there's alliteration in that phrase, the two B's, you know, mm -hmm. it's a funny word, the way it sounds. It's like, it's funny. yeah. Well, when I used to tour and was on stage, I never said the P word, mm. but I said cooter. Cooter to me is a much more funny word than, than the P word. There you then go. You push it right to the edge. People may not know this because we didn't say it in your introduction, Tracy, but you're a comedian. Yeah. I haven't been on the road in quite a while since COVID, but I used to tour all over the country. And you did stand up primarily. Did you, did you also do sketch? No, just stand up. Just stand up. Yeah. Yeah. Would you ever consider doing this type of um, Andy Kaufman kind of, kind of humor that Alex does out on the street, just interacting yeah. with people? If I had, if, if I had the opportunity, yes, uh, absolutely. <laughs> I would definitely give it a try. I we'll love it. <laughs> we should do it. I'm so down. I have, um, there's What's two Gavin more. Gavin Newsom's address. <laughs> <laughs> you can find him at that restaurant, French Laundry, I'm sure. Oh, speaking of which, I recently came across a picture of him before he had his face work. Oh, he had all this work done. He had his whole face done. You got to see it. Oh, I believe it. I believe it. This is um one other thing I wanted to show you guys that people were pointing out about her hypocrisy. Now, we showed you just last week, she was saying it was acceptable to harass uh, Justice Kavanaugh in a restaurant while he's trying to eat. People have been going to his home. Someone went to his home with a plot to kill him. And she and other politicians are sort of laughing this off like it's no big deal. And yet she reacts hysterically when a comedian does a selfie video with her uh, in this way. But this is another reason she's hypocritical. This is a while ago. Um, one of her tweets from, this is from December of 2020. And she says, the whole point of protesting is to make people uncomfortable. Activists take that discomfort with the status quo and advocate for concrete policy changes. Popular support often starts small and grows. To the folks who complain that protest demands make others uncomfortable, that's the point. So, there you go. Gee. Uh, I can't. Uh, so, that's what burning cities over the summer of 2020 was, was making people uncomfortable. Yes, mm -hmm. that's what she's saying. Yeah. Um, something else interesting that happened with this, and I don't know if you guys saw this, but one little addendum on this was she was so incensed about this that when she came out of the Capitol later, she ended up getting caught uh, on video, started talking to this reporter. And so now she's on this tirade about the Capitol Police and how the Capitol Police should have protected her from Alex Stein. They should have done something, right? She's like, the Capitol Police were there and they did nothing while he while he said I had a, a big booty. And <laughs> so this is, in the course of this, 
she makes an interesting admission here. She's talking, she starts talking about January 6th and listen to what she says about the doors being opened on January 6th. Think these insurrectionists like Antifa? and that there were actual officers working with this and we never got to the bottom of that and we never got any answers about that and then to this day we're just supposed to pretend that that never happened i have no idea what happened to the people on the inside who were very clearly sympathetic with what was going on and opening the doors wide open for that and we're i'm supposed to sit here and pretend like none of that ever happened and then right afterwards you have a massive, you know, you just have this idea that throwing money at that problem is going to make it go away without any buildings. accountability. And so this is this is where these things are breaking down. We're not safe. And it's not just about members of Congress not being safe. The Black food staff matter. workers aren't safe. The Black janitors aren't safe. Like, we need to get to the bottom of this. So that's all I got to say. What about Thank you, Congresswoman. Wow, I agree. Did you hear what she said? AOC uh, says January 6th was an inside job. She just said that the Capitol Police held the doors open for people. I thought that was conspiracy theory. That I thought that was a right-wing conspiracy theory, that people were being let inside on purpose. And Republicans in Congress don't have the balls to say that, by the way. Yep. Jeanette in the chat says she revealed a lot in that impromptu interview. We've known this all along. That's what people on the ground were saying. So That's maybe the violent people were plants. Is that what she's saying? I don't know. Uh, Anne says officers working with them say what? Yeah. She's repeating what was, was called a right wing conspiracy theory when people were talking about it, people who were there. Laura, now we're saying that that happened. I guess I we are. You said that in the past. If people look through her tweets, yeah, it's kind of crazy. So I'm just, I'm just so sick of Democrats dictating reality according to whatever they think. So yesterday it was a far right conspiracy theory, but the moment that a Democrat says otherwise, we all can acknowledge otherwise. Yeah. It, well, now that she's saying it, this is like all the stuff with. Um, that we saw in the past two years during COVID is I just kept, there was story after story that they would say, that's a conspiracy theory. You can't talk about that. You can't even ask questions about it. Like for example, the origin of the virus, you, you weren't supposed to question where it came from. You were just supposed to accept that it, it came from this wet market and then jump to a year and a half, two years later, then all the mainstream news finally puts out articles saying, well, it very likely came from the Wuhan lab. So now, now you can say that, but you know, people were getting banned. You wouldn't let us talk about it before. You wouldn't let us question it. As Laura Higgins points out in chat, uh, mm -hmm. she says it's like Hunter's laptop, not allowed to talk about it. Oh, but now we are. Yeah, no, now because the FBI or the Secret Service is verified, yeah, it was legitimate. Now we're allowed to talk about it. Yeah. And that's what they'll say about the uh, the four chan the four chan hack of his iCloud, they'll say that didn't that that's not real until it's actually proven that it probably is real, at least some of it. Oh, and just wait until we circle back to the election results too someday. Oh, you can't say that yet. That's still a conspiracy no. theory. Um, <laughs> We're gonna get a strike. <laughs> uh I just want to read the super chat from Tara. Thank you, Tara. She gives us five dollars. She says, where was her boyfriend? Shouldn't he be defending her honor and protecting her from big meanie Alex Stein? He's busy carrying her purse. Is that what he does? Inside it. 
Is he a oh, purse yeah. carrier? Uh, he walks three steps behind her. <laughs> and making six figures for, for working on her campaign and all that good stuff. Yeah. Convenient. Her, well, by the way, her district begins like a block away from her, from me. I'm right outside her district. Have she, you ever seen her? Actually, yeah. Before she was famous, I when she was first running, I saw her a bunch, like handing out pamphlets and shit. And it's like the one thing I will begrudgingly give her credit for and say, I wish Republicans did that. But, you know, on the other hand, I, I bitched so much for so long that Republicans don't try to win elections in places like New York. And then, you know, Curtis Lee was running for mayor and tried really hard and it meant nothing. So at this point, I think it's so far gone in some places that it's a hole that, that'll take quite a long time to dig our way out of. Mm -hmm. Do you think uh, Eric Adams is a, a step forward or a step back? I mean, I know he's a former cop. same place. He's, he's, he's nothing either way. I mean, you know, he tries to market himself as being slightly different, but he's not. He's the same on every single issue. They just, you know, they know how to put a friendlier face on top of it. Well, what's your take on a Jose Alba, the bodega owner, that they put in Rikers Island for six days because he stabbed the thug that was trying to throw him around in his store it's crazy but i mean that's i think there's been a concerted effort to sort of eliminate self-defense in general the governor here in new york recently uh said that you're to, if you want a firearm license you're gonna have to turn over five years of your social media history your social media mm -hmm. i didn't hear that why i mean what's their justification probably like extremism or, you know, it's the, but it should, but it really shows this is the next step forward from red flag laws. This shows why we cannot let that yeah. door crack open in even the slightest little way. Yeah. We're just a few years away from a, a social credit score, which yeah. oh, we're there. We are there already, except now it's just a little bit informal, but this is the next progression of that. And that's sort of, I mean, that's exactly what they're doing. Like we're frogs being brought up to a boil. It's little by little and people don't notice and people don't care. And that's how it happens. Well, what gets me is that this guy, you know, the, the guy that defended himself, he stabbed the guy with the kitchen knife. So where's the concerted effort to ban kitchen knives? You have to have an hour permit to have kitchen knives. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. They don't actually, uh, if you, if you try to talk to someone who's just very, I would say uninformed about, about guns, about gun statistics, gun death statistics and stuff. If you do try to have a conversation with them um, now, occasionally I'll find someone who's very open-minded and will listen and will give their points and you listen to them, et cetera. But on the, on the whole, for the most part, I find people who they don't want to listen. And they also, they don't want to consider questions like that, Tracy. So if you, if you point out, well, well, um, you know, there's the the Christmas parade guy in Wisconsin who mowed over an entire crowd of people. I think six or seven people who died and uh, up in the 60s in terms of people with injuries. And what's the tool there? What's the weapon? It's a vehicle. Yeah. Um, there's always going to be a tool. People yeah. kill. People will kill in, in Japan. There have been. Uh, the, the guy that associate, uh, assassinated the former prime minister, it was a handmade gun. Mm -hmm. If people want to kill, they're going to kill. Y you know, there's been um, 
Catan uh, massacres in, in Japan where people just run up in there with a long sword and cut people up at a, a shopping mall before they turn around. It doesn't matter. If people want to kill, they're going to kill. So it's people that kill, not tools. And we need to address mental health and I'll get off the soapbox. No, but I w- I'd like to talk about this with you because you focus on true crime. And um, one of the one of the stats that that I'll mention sometimes to people who are arguing on behalf of banning rifles, for example, is like, well, okay, but there's more people who die every year from fists and hammers than there are from rifles. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so what's the real reason you're targeting rifles? And they usually don't have a good answer to that. And I think a lot of it is we like to focus on the... Um, a band-aid approach to things and instead of really getting to the root cause of of what's driving people to want to commit evil on themselves and others like to kill themselves and kill others and that's a much harder question to talk about and so people don't usually want to talk about that they'd rather just say well i want to give the government more power to ban this tool or this this freedom or this this right and um as someone who focuses on true crime why, why are you so interested in it? I've talked about why I am before on, on this channel, but why does it interest you? I don't know. I used to think it's just because I'm a morbid person. Uh, like I wanted to be a mortician for so long when I was a kid. And then I, you know, I think I'm just somebody that's fascinated with the whole dark side of life. But true crime is an interesting study of people. And I really like studying people. Um, I'm an extrovert for the most part. I have some introverted, you know, uh, characteristics but i'm very much an extrovert i like dealing with people i like talking to people and true crime just the of all the cases i've studied it always goes back to either a crime of passion which anybody is is you know anybody's capable of a crime of passion if you find them at the right time or it's mental illness or a physical illness affecting the mind that's what the majority of the crimes that i have studied go back to and so we're missing the whole point when we talk about removing guns or knives or anything like that, we are missing the whole point of what actually causes that sort of thing. We can never prevent crimes of passion, but we can address mental illness. And I think that's where we're missing the mark. And no one wants to talk about that. One of the, as much as I love Ronald Reagan and I am a Ronald Reagan fan now to the day I die, the one thing that I think one of the things he screwed up and I'll talk about all the things he screwed up, but overall I think he was the best president for that time in history is um, closing the, the, the government asylums, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. They were poorly run, but they should have been modified, improved, you know, made to be a good place where people could receive mental health treatment. And I think that was a cause the problem to spiral even more because mental health is a costly part of healthcare. It's one that a lot of insurances still don't cover in a lot of ways. And people are just afraid to talk about it because there's a stigma. We got to work on that. Mm-hmm. I would much rather somebody that's having homicidal tendencies turn themselves into a hospital because they, they're not going to be stigmatized for it than go into a school and shoot it up. Mm-hmm. And also law enforcement. I mean, I, I back the blue, but I also believe that there's a lot of stuff that we could do better on that front. Um, getting rid of implied consent is another one. And also um, holding them accountable for people that go out and repeat offend 
when they've had a history of crime, a history of mental illness, a history of strange behavior, just like every mass shooter we've seen in the last decade, FBI or some law enforcement had a file on them. And that's another thing that needs to be addressed. And that goes along with mental health. Yeah. It, it also I, wonder when they have these highly publicized mass shootings right before elections and the police either did nothing or outright prevented people from helping. Um, mm -hmm. And I think with what we're talking about with mental health, if you look at every single mass shooter nearly, almost every one of them was on psychotropic drugs, was drugged up on pharmaceutical upon pharmaceutical, and nobody wants to address that. Nobody wants to talk about the zombification of America. Clearly, these drugs aren't working as they're intended to if people are taking them and shooting up schools or shooting up a McDonald's. Um, so it's, but that, the, the thing is, there are so many people who are on them that you can never have this discussion. Exactly. It goes all the way back to the dawn of mass shootings. Charles Whitman, the deadly tower carry there in, in, in Austin. Brain tumor. Brain tumor caused him to become homicidal. I mean, it always goes back to either a lot of it goes back to if it's not a crime of passion or greed. It goes back to mental illness or physical illness causing a mental illness. It all goes back to that. Mm -hmm. What do you think about as someone who's, who studies true crime, does a show on it? Do you think that I, I get a feeling that there's more people, there's a greater, if there's an epidemic, it's an epidemic of, um, I don't know if I would even call it mental illness, but yeah, maybe mental illness, but evil people in resentment, people who are willing to participate in evil as someone who studies true crime. Do you think that this is an escalating issue or am I just, are we just hearing more about these, these stories today? Uh, you know, I could take that back to the same argument I, I taught because I used to be a Christian. I'm, I'm not religious anymore at all. I consider myself an agnostic atheist, but I am, it's the same argument I used to present when people talked about the end times, you know, root, root wars, rumor wars. It's the same thing. I think we just, I think in two ways, this thing has contributed to both our knowledge of crime and also the rise in mental illness. She's because talking about her phone for anyone. My phone, my phone, my yeah. phone, social media, the fact that you can have information in a millisecond, which I'm all in favor of having information, but I think we live in a world where we see, it seems like these things are on the rise because we're, you know, in 1985, you know, we wouldn't have known anything about that shooter in Wisconsin uh, or excuse me, Illinois, because except what the newspaper told us or the TV news told us, because unless you wanted to haul your butt, butt to a library and in Illinois and do all the research, <laughs> we wouldn't have heard about all this. But I think now that we have information at our fingertips, we're seeing more of it. I don't think the percentages have risen. I think the percentages of cases we know about has risen. Um, so it's a very roundabout way of answering your question. And, and I think um, this social media and stuff contributes to mental or at least the outward display of mental illness. I think it creates it in a way, you know, um, we could get into a whole thing about, you know, I'm going to come off as a bigot when I say this, but I'm not. Uh, the uh, uptick in people that claim to be transgender or gender fluid, you know, uh, it's a social contagion. It's a social contagion. And I think in a lot of ways, sometimes the mental illness can be a social contagion and seeking fame. We as a society 
have a way of making celebrities out of evil people all the time. And people think they can commit a crime and become a celebrity. Scream 2, address that in the best way possible. It's all about the trial, baby. And I think our society has bred more. You know how it gets to my heart, Tracy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think society has bred more of those people. And there are people well, that are born evil. You know, there are sociopaths and psychopaths out there. You know, my my mother-in-law is a medical researcher and an RN and has worked with all kinds of people. But she says, Dexter does not exist. If a person is truly has those tendencies, there's no curing them. They're evil. They need to be locked away. And I think there's a tendency to just let those people roam, too. So there you go. I thought you were going to say your mother-in-law is a psychopath. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Yeah. Um, there have been a lot of studies showing that uh, reporting the names and identities of shooters creates more of them. That's why the Daily Wire, for example, won't release any of their name, won't publish their names. Um, there, it's been shown that that leads to more people wanting that attention. It's yeah. weird. It's a double-edged sword because on the one hand, I think in order to that may be in order to figure out what's going on with people. And especially with young men in particular, we need to know the details and the, the histories. But on the other hand, as you said, in doing that, they become famous and they inspire copycat killers. So it's almost, I, I go back and forth. I know people who say, don't talk about it at all and don't, or at least don't publicize their name. And then, and that sometimes I, that makes sense to me, but other times I'm like, no, like this recent shooter in Illinois, all the stuff that's coming out about his family, if you read the multiple reports and you read the interviews with neighbors and, and friends and people that knew them, his mother, they say, describe his mother as unstable, uh, inattentive. Uh, Josh Slocum did a great uh, disaffected podcast episode that covered some of her social media where she's just over the top seeking sexual validation online with her photos and stuff. Uh, well, well past the age at which you should be posting the kind of photos she was posting and she was married. Um, and then, you know, his dad seemed to be this sort of uh, uh, when you have one parent that's sort of unhinged and, and unstable. And then there's the other that over validates his dad several times, let him off the hook. The police were called to the house for violent threats he made against his parents and then his dad decided not to pursue any charges or any disciplinary action. His dad is the reason he was able to get a gun permit. His dad signed for him. Um, he he also gave him back a knife collection that they had confiscated. His dad did. And in the press was, even after this happened and his son went and killed all these people, his dad's been in the press like, oh, it's just a gun collection. It's fine. I mean, a, a knife collection. I mean, I collected coins, you know, but he collects mm -hmm. knives. And it's like, quit minimizing what this is you know my point with all this is that knowing all that stuff about his family you can sometimes start to see patterns mm -hmm. and so i go back and forth like what do you think about that tracy what mike's uh, saying uh, definitely i i think that what you're saying about there being a history of this family and um there'll be somebody that'll copy him at some point but you know i think he was truly a mentally disturbed person and i'm not in favor of red pet rag I'm not sure how to handle it. I, I'm really not sure what the complicated answer is. I mean, if you report somebody that ex exhibiting that type of extreme behavior and open a, you know, let's say we brought back the, the federally funded mental hospitals 
And do you, do you call the authorities and open up a file on those people and hopefully have them checked out so they can get the help they need? I'd be, I'd be all in favor of them getting the help they need. But how do we facilitate that without entering into, you know, big, a big brother is watching. You know, that's 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 the one thing that's scary about that. And it, it, it's also parenting. Look at the uh, the what was it? The small child. I don't forget what state it was in, but he was just kicking at cops and cussing the cops oh, and the God. parents are there. And the Jose Alba case, that mother, that girl, that boyfriend was the one that was stabbed for knocking, knocking Mr. Alba around. The child was there and witnessed all that. So she's going to, that child's going to grow up and think that that's how you handle, handle issues. There's just a moral, complete moral breakdown somewhere. That's why I think with all of these issues, whether it's violence, whether it's abortion, I think the issue needs to be solved culturally before these things happen, before a psychopath picks up a gun, before a teenager gets knocked up. I feel like these are issues that have to be dealt with from the source and all of the contributing factors that nobody wants to look at. I mean, you know, this is sort of what Tracy was just saying, but I mean, today you have kids being raised by iPads, just being put in a room, sit in front of your iPad. And then, you know, if they exhibit any behaviors that are that would have always been considered normal for children or God forbid something worse, Take your pharmaceutical drugs. They're clearly working so well. And like, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah. Like, of course, this is it's, where we're it, at. It's like there was some TikTokers that were talking about hookup culture is going to die now that Roe v. Wade has been good. It needs to die. Maybe we need to have some more standards with who we sleep with and how we use sex and how we participate in those activities. Good. Right. You know, I'm just like. There needs to be some standards to live in society and be a be a productive person in society and and to be polite and kind to your neighbor. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know. I hope hopefully we can turn it around. I don't know if we can. You know, we have no standards though. I mean, it's the result of years and years of this indoctrination of love yourself, love yourself, love yourself. You never hear anyone say respect yourself. You never hear anyone say look critically at yourself. How can you be a better person? How can you be a better citizen, a better family member? Uh, It's just about validate, validate, validate. And we shouldn't validate everything about ourselves. Should I love myself for the fact that I was a chain smoker for years? No, that's something to change. And I mean, that's just something small and stupid, but like when it comes to bigger things, they just go unmentioned. And the only only, uh, fix for it is take your drugs. Somebody in your chat, I, I forget, was talking about Utah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've covered a lot of cases from Utah for some reason. Uh, Mormons have their own <laughs> have their own picadillos, but I, I think she's talking about just how conservative and like family oriented Utah as a, as in the majority is. Honestly, uh, Utah, you know, I, I wouldn't mind living right in the middle of a Mormon neighborhood in Utah because they do have standards. You know, there are standards there. There's cultural mores there. And I think we all need, I'm not saying everybody needs to be religious. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm just thinking if we could all have those kinds of social standards, I think our country would be in much better shape. Uh, and yes, uh, and yes, Utah is, is full of corruption in the government, but what government isn't and stuff like that. But overall, I think having those kind of standards is good. I wanted to show you guys this because Tracy, you said that some TikTokers were saying that Roe v. Wade is going to cause 
hookup culture to die. This is a really funny post. Um, and, and somebody shared it, this guy on Twitter, common sense extremist. And he says, look, leftist women have discovered traditional marriage. And it's a screenshot of a post. Um, I think it looks like it's from Reddit. And the person is saying, me and some of my girlfriends did a retreat this weekend to help us cope with the monumental setback and fundamental rights. By the end of it, we had moved from sad and afraid to angry. We all agreed to a pact. No having sex with any men until he had proven himself a capable provider. And until that man has signed a contract written on paper, agreeing to stay with us and support us if we get pregnant. We started drafting an actual contract and we're planning on sending it to a lawyer to make sure it's legit. At this point, I'm completely done with men who want to hook up and leave. It's high time for American men to step up. They're talking about marriage, no. aren't they? No, exactly. I, I, now, somebody's Somebody's going to sound by that and what I said and say that Tracy's in favor of like FLD. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not in my, not advocating for polygamy unless that's your thing, you know, <laughs> and, and, and it's consenting adults. Not what I'm saying. Not advocating for arranged marriages. <laughs> but what I'm saying is I grew up, I was born in the 70s. I, I was dating, you know, late 80s, 90s. It was work to get to the point of the bedroom. There was nothing usually until the fourth or fifth date minimum. And then you might get to first base. I'm saying have those kind of standards. I'm not saying make, uh, you know, sex out of marriage illegal. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, but have some commitment behind it. Have a connection with somebody. You know, there's a lot, there's a big difference between being intimate with somebody after dating them for several months them because you know people back then you know you date you might go on a date once a week so this was several months of getting to know each other and then you became intimate and then there was a connection and it just worked out a lot better that's what i'm saying is having those kind of standards i yeah. wish <laughs> I, <laughs> gay guys you you wait until a second date you get a better reaction saying you're a serial killer <laughs> but no i would say for years i really think that the, the core of what's happening in the culture that the left is promoting is they are trying to take the worst, most toxic, most self-destructive elements of the gay culture and export that into gen the general population of straight people. I think it's just a breakdown of everything that they view as traditional. That's why when they're coming up with this contract, they haven't named it yet, but sounds like sounds courtship. Like Sounds like sounds like old marriage, Christian courtship, right? But they, they're not calling it that because it wouldn't occur to them because that's a bad thing because that's traditional, right? But they've come up with this new novel concept of want to make sure he's going to be able to provide if I'm going to have sex with him and we're going to have, you know, he's going to be in my life and not just a one. Yeah, yeah, honey, it doesn't matter what you call it. <laughs> it sounds like sounds like you're talking about commitment and something a little conservative, maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um. I've got, I don't, do you guys have any topics for today? I've got one more, but do you guys have something you want to talk about first? Can we talk about how much Dan Crenshaw sucks? Oh, Mikey, you, you used to like him, didn't you? I did. I wanted to hit that 10 ways till Sunday. <laughs> no more. Uh, <laughs> he just, I believe it was yesterday, along with a hundred something Republicans in Congress voted for uh, the national defense spending uh, that includes kicking the military out for not getting the, mm -hmm, which he claimed that he was against just a few days ago. He also voted for red flag laws. 
So I just I th I think it's part of an overall thing of how there really are two Republican parties. I feel like a lot of people don't realize that there's the he sort of tries to he, he's like awoke in sheep's clothing. You know, he tries to wear the mask of the new Republican Party, but not so much if you look at the things he actually votes for. Um, you know, there's the old Republican Party that's sort of trying to like claw their way, keep their claws onto power. And then there's the new one of the post-Trump era of people trying to take over. He sucks, though. He Dan Crenshaw went from cool to annoying so fast. So I just need to say right here and now, I totally take back wanting to, to hit that Dan Crenshaw. I still would, but I want everyone to know <laughs> very half-heartedly. Yeah, you know, I, I'm a still a firm supporter of people over party. Always, yeah. you know, they're true. Same. I love yeah. Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin is one of the last true, what I call, old blue dog Democrats that mm. votes the way that his constituents want him to vote, which is how you should be voting. And uh, Tulsi Gabbard, uh, not Tulsi, uh, God. God, she's a, uh, she ran for, I can't even think of her name, but she's another kind of blue dog Democrat that I really like. And for some reason, her name just flew out of my, out of my head. It's not Tulsi Gabbard, but uh, yeah, it is Tulsi. Maybe it is Tulsi. It'll come to you. It'll come to me. Anyway, somebody that still has old, old American values, wants to put our country first and sees that we have to have some sort of standards. And also, how about just voting the way that your constituents actually want you to vote? That's what you you're know, supposed as, to do. Yeah. As crazy as she is, you know, um, our, um, our uh, <laughs> senator from here, um, God, I'm having a terrible day with names today. As terrible as she is, she votes the way Tennessee wants her to vote. You know, mm -hmm. as much as the media hates her, she votes the way that uh, Tennessee wants her to vote. Now that's I what gotta, you should do. Now I got to figure out who you're talking about in Tennessee. Oh goodness, here I'm, I'm. Is that Tennessee? Marsha Blackburn. Marsha Blackburn. Is that her? Uh, as much as I, I really think she's crazy bitch. She votes the way the people of Tennessee want her to vote. <laughs> At least the majority of them. I don't know enough about her to, to say oh, whether she's a she's a MAGA. Not. She's a true, uh, Trump. Trump Republican, but uh, she votes the way the majority of the people here in Tennessee. What are you? What are you? I'm curious because we haven't ever done like an interview before, Tracy. So you're, you said you you really liked Ronald Reagan. You thought he was the best person at that time. Are mm -hmm. you? Have you always been sort of you vote person over party, or have you ever identified with the party or what? <laughs> oh yeah, I um I've always voted person over um person over party, but I was uh, a founding member of a. College Democrats of America at my at my very conservative Christian college because they, those were old school Democrats, the ones that were for the blue collar people and were for the advancement of women and for the advancement of LGBT rights before they went off the deep end. And I really supported the like a, I was a Bill Clinton Democrat, mm. but I believe he was the last one that I really, really felt confident in voting for. I was teetering on the edge with Obama, but I actually voted for McCain the first time because I just could not get behind Obama. And, okay, McCain was, is, was definitely a rhino, but I think he represented my morals a little more, you know, closely than Obama did. And, of course, I voted for, uh, I did still vote for uh, Hillary uh, the first time around against Trump because I believe the media's lies about Trump, honestly. 
And I was all about Trump in 2020. And I will be all about Trump again in 2024 if he runs again. You, I would prefer DeSantis, you know, or maybe DeSantis Trump. I think that would lock it in real nice and tight. But uh, I want DeSantis to run for president with Carrie Lake as his VP. Oh, can you imagine? Yep. Okay, so let me just see if I have this right, because you would be a pollster's nightmare trying to figure out how to appeal to you, Tracy. <laughs> you were for Reagan, then Clinton, then McCain, then Hillary, then Trump. Damn. <laughs> it's all about person. It's so little. I, I love rich. that. <laughs> I mean, I was too young to really vote when Reagan was in. I mean, he was the president of my childhood. And I just remember him fondly because back then we were so afraid of, you know, Gorbachev dropping the bomb. And I think he handled that situation. I'm so glad he was there because he was the right man for that job. And then uh, I didn't really have an opinion on HW on uh, HW Bush. I mean, I don't think anyone does. I don't no. know. <laughs> you know. Like, one of the ranking lists we rank the president. And I'm like, I have no idea with him. Yep. And then, um, of course, Clinton, I loved, I campaigned for Clinton. Uh, was one of the first president, the, the first president that I actually was able to vote in the election. And then um, after that, I just feel like it's been a slow descent for the Democratic Party. Yeah. Uh, I'm a huge Golden Girls fan, and there's actually a oh. episode, an episode where, yeah, I think you probably know the one where uh, Sophia tells Dreyfus the dog to go find a viable Democrat for president, and it's <laughs> been that way ever since. <laughs> you are so funny. Yeah, I think I think you're the person. So when I was, when, back when, uh, when I was like full-on social justice in the woke world, um, I remember watching one of these CNN or MSNBC specials where they sit down at election time with undecided voters. Now this must've been around the time of, uh, this must've been when W was running and I viewed it as a true good versus evil thing. The way that a lot of people viewed the Trump election with, with Clinton. And, um, I, I really, I could not understand. And when they were sitting with these undecided voters and, and what, I, I, I just really, I, I had all these stereotypes about these people, people like you who go back, who will vote Republican and then Democrat. Like they, how, are they stupid? They can't pick a side. They can't make up their, make up their mind. And it's just so funny for me to remember that now, because now I'm in that boat with you. I vote person of a party. I don't. And I actually think that's the better place to be is to be trying to make up your mind each time based on that person, what they're saying, what they're, and instead Which of looking at the tribe. Which is why I would love to see us go to a multi-party system where we would have more, more, you know, I was, I was considering the Libertarian Party for a long time, but they've gone like, yeah, psychos, <laughs> psychopaths as, as their, as their candidates in some cases, yeah. just as an alternative from Republican or Democrat, because I really don't fall into any of those you know, I'm not a stereotypical Democrat. I'm not a stereotypical Republican. I, I'm mostly conservative with some left leanings on some things, but it's old school left leanings. I'm kind of like Bill Maher and, you know, and um, uh, kind of like Bill Maher. I'd probably fall into the same camp as Bill Maher. Like a classical liberal. Yeah. 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 For me though, I think that's kind of what the new Republican party is about. Um, I would love to say, 
that I agree with the people of her party, but I feel like things are so bad right now that I think basically we need to sweep the trash out of the Republican Party in yeah. the primaries and vote for them in the general election. <laughs> the, or Republican the Rep voters need to wisen the hell up. I mean, they vote for these people that are insane. They vote for Dr. Oz. I mean, this guy uh, should just be like a walking neon sign that says controlled opposition. And then they're going to complain when he gets into office and votes for red flag laws and votes for all these things. So I think we need to be a lot smarter in these primaries. I agree. But then it's a numbers game. Vote Republican. Um, I totally I'm agree. Not, I don't consider myself conservative. My sort of uh, foundation of what I care about in politics is really, I think, there's basically been a merger between big government and big corporation. We're living in this oligarchy. And so what, the thing I care about most is restoring some semblance of some sort of balance of power to average people. Power to the people, but not in a communist way. <laughs> exactly. You know, um, I I think some government control is good. I, no one wants complete laissez-faire capitalism because that is a very exploitative system. But I think somewhere between controlled cap capitalism with a social safety net, which is actually what, you know, the Nordic countries that socialists are always trying to say that they're for, those countries are all capitalist. In fact, they are more free market than we are because there's not a, they don't have the same campaign influence, you know, campaign finance laws and stuff as we, they are very much free market capitalism, but they also have controls like you can't exploit people. You can't make people work 12 days a week and, and that kind of thing. And then there's a huge social safety net. And yet they've, they've managed to make to make it work. And I'm not saying we should go that route because I think their taxes are a little bit high. But somewhere in between that and complete laissez-faire capitalism is the answer. And yeah. Yeah, I, th I think capitalism is the answer to a lot of problems we have. We don't have capitalism right now just in terms of, you know, I think in many ways. We have an oligarchy. Yeah. yeah, the left wants or they claim to want equality and outcome. I want equality in the law, which is what we don't have. So many things. I mean, like you were talking about with these DUIs, like Pelosi's husband, so many things. Uh, if we did these things, we would be put in prison, but they don't. Or all these, how they're allowed to do all their offshore banking. Like there should be one set of laws for everyone. And nobody ever really talks about that. Hmm. Uh, government regulation. And I see some people comments and I agree with a lot of, some of the comments going on in your chat right now. I'm not saying that we should have complete government control over it. That's not what I'm saying. That is not what I'm saying. But there are, you know, things like the five-day work week and other things that have can't came from government intervention. You know, so you have to have some kind of control thing. Now, I'm, I'm a pure capitalist. I absolutely do believe in that. But I do think we also need to have some kind of social safety net for people that are legitimately unable to work. And I think cutting the waste, cutting a lot of the abuse of our welfare systems out would save a ton of money. And so I'm just, like I said, an average Joe Smo with a lot of ideas. I don't know how any of it will get enacted, but I agree with Mike that the Republican Party is our best is our best opportunity. Tracy, well, you are anything but average. Tracy, you, I think you're saying a lot of things that I agree with. And uh, again, I find you so interesting in the way that you think. I'm very happy you came to talk with me about this stuff. I, um, I don't really think about the national elections very much anymore anyway. I know I should. 
but I just don't really, after what happened in the last presidential election, I just don't trust them the way I used to. And now I don't know if I trust any of them, like the previous ones, even, I don't know. And I, I kind of view, um, because culture is so important and culture sways so much, I think it's more important that we change the culture and the politics will follow. And so if anyone asked me about national politics, like usually I'm just sort of like, I mean, I'll try and talk about it, but I don't pay that much attention to it anymore. And I'm sort of, I'm very focused though now on my local politics, I think, because that has a greater impact on like the community I live in and what's happening in it. And my, my, like in the town of Georgetown, there's all this stuff happening with the middle school um, having having 10 to 13 year olds paint a mural with the pansexual flag and the transgender flag and all this stuff, a public school. And then there's also, they're trying to bring in uh, C3, which is sort of like Live Nation, one of these big music promoters. Uh, they're going to bring in a huge festival like ACL to Georgetown, which is a, a much smaller, it's not the size of Austin. They're going to bring 60,000 people into our town. And for two weeks and shut down the park. I mean, just crazy stuff like that, like growth that I think is detrimental to the community. So, so I I'm very interested in who's on city council, who's on the school board, but um, I, I, I guess I'm not paying as much attention to national politics as I used to, which is funny because people that hate my show or, or think they know who I am or think they know what my show is about, they'll call it a political show. And I'm like, but it's not really, <laughs> I don't really talk about politics that much. You know, I, I agree. I think local politics and actually state of Tennessee is run just like how I like it to be run. Mm -hmm. it, it's very, it's a deep red state. It's very business friendly, but there's also laws that prevent exploitation and there's not such a huge barrier. I think one of the major problems with federal or with government interference in business is how it makes small businesses so hard to start. And uh, Tennessee has done a marvelous job in taking a lot of those barriers out of the mm -hmm. way. You essentially have to get a license. And if you want to do a company, you can. If not, you can do a um, a, uh, a sole proprietorship and be out and be in business tomorrow. And I think that's what government should do is aid in the expansion of business in a lot of ways. And uh, like I said, I agree the state is run just like I want it to be run. I definitely agree with that. Can I read a couple of these chats real quick? Murder Knits. You should know murder nits, okay? So, so anybody who's here for the first time, uh, this is Tracy's first time on the show. She's got a podcast called Keto and Crime, which is all about keto, uh, losing weight, uh, diet, uh, is that right? And true crime, which are two things she likes talking about. Murder nits <clears throat> left a chat and said, Did someone say true crime? Murder nits is knitting in crime. <laughs> so, you guys should know each other. Absolutely. I, by the way, for a second, because when we did our our uh, show on my channel, I, I saw it some back in the day, but I've watched everything about it now. Oh, my God. What? The staircase. Oh, you want to talk about that now? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Sorry, I oh, out. no, I missed I missed the first part of your what you're saying. It's just my headphones. Yeah, let's talk about it. Just uh, quickly. Waffle gives us 30 uh something i hope that's bitcoin is it 30 bitcoin <laughs> okay that would be a lot of bitcoin 30 something and says unarmed citizen is a future victim of a future tyrannical government sounds about right mm -hmm. when and then, i'm police but they're the only ones who should have firearms 
And then this is a chat from someone who says that Tracy is the Oracle with a year round tree. <laughs> Thank and you. This one was funny too. Mortician may not be the best job for an extrovert. <laughs> hey, I can make funerals fun. That's the way I like ah. <laughs> As fun as they could possibly be. That would be your tagline. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, we can talk about the staircase. For those who aren't familiar, there's uh, it's the Michael Peterson case out of Durham, North Carolina. And there was a documentary series that was produced on it by some French documentarians called The Staircase. And now there's also, it's HBO, right? That did a, did a mini series, a, a drama, a drama version of, of those events. So you got really into it. You got into that case. Yeah, oh, the documentary, the limited series, everything. Um, so for you guys who don't know, this rich guy who was secretly kind of gay, his wife ended up mysteriously at the bottom of the stairs and then some chick from the past with him also ended up at the bottom of the stairs. So I don't know what you guys think. My, so my view, and so I'd watched it with my mom and she hates me for this and thinks I'm a total idiot for this. But my view is I personally think he's guilty as hell. I'm like 90% certain he's guilty. But I had said that I think if I were on the jury, I would have had to go not guilty because I have a little doubt. What do you guys think? Do you have a little doubt or a reasonable doubt? <laughs> a little reasonable doubt. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I think there's reasonable doubt. My so my thing is, I think, um, in the in the case, they had uh, basically tried to guess what the murder weapon is, and they claimed it was this one thing, and then they mysteriously found the. Th I think he pushed her because something about it, some detail about it, never made sense to me, and I think that's what it is. I think he pushed her. Well, I, well, then I they said it was an owl. They said an owl did it. Yeah, Murden it says it was an owl. Uh, I said I told my mom that she was like, Your ass, it was an owl. I think I think that the owl thing is just ridiculous. I, I look, I know there's people in the chat who probably think it was the owl. I just uh, um you can find any kind of of crazy theory to 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 cause reasonable doubt in a case right like they can always come up with something like um what if it could have been this that you know in the west memphis three for example what if it was that guy at bojangles right like there's always something that you can throw out there and i'm not taking an opinion in that case by the way i'm still doing more research on it i used to think i knew what i thought about it but now i don't know which one um that? huh which one was that the west memphis three you know what's interesting? I so I I think I watched a documentary when I was a kid or so mm -hmm. was a teenager. Paradise I, Lost. I feel like I might be wrong. I think Sean told me that there was more to it or something, but I never checked it out. I've been I've been watching some of the skeptics okay. recently, the people who think that they actually did it, just trying to see what they're what they're all about. Ooh, um, watch that shit again. Yeah. But but with when it comes to the staircase, Michael Peterson, I think he's guilty of sin. I think that the documentary, if you watch the docu-series, you're watching a narcissist in action. He wanted to have a documentary crew with the, him there during his um, trial to record his every move. He he has a sort of self-importance on camera. He lies to his team. He covers up, you know, the fact that he was meeting up with male prostitutes behind her back. He lied and said that she, now she's dead. She can't speak for herself. He lies and says that she knew that he was having these sexual encounters. 
Later, later he admitted after he was released from prison and he was in a television interview, he admitted that she didn't know that he admitted what? that and said he, but he thought she would have been okay with it. So, so we know he has this history of lying. He lied about having a purple heart. He, he spends these sort of, uh, these big elaborate grandiose kind of lies that, that are typical for people with narcissistic personality disorder. Everything is someone else's fault with that man. And it also reminds me the fact that that he would want to have a documentary crew there while he's on trial, accused of murdering his wife and the woman, you know, then it came out there was that other woman from his past who also died in a similar way, a accused of that. And, and, and if his story were true, that he's grieving the wife of his death who died from an accident, then why have the crew there to document it all if you're innocent? It's like... I, I would never, you're going through the trauma of losing your spouse. Who's like, oh, I just got this hot email from a documentary filmmaker in France, kids. What about, let's bring them into our lives. It, it Last thing I'll say, it reminds me of uh, Joe McGinnis, the author who was hired to do the book about, um, was it the Green Beret killer? Tracy, you would know that. The guy from North Carolina. Yeah, who, um, Jeffrey McDowell. Jeffrey McDowell. He hired... Same thing. He wanted he wanted to document it. He had McDonald. Sorry, McDonald. Jeffrey McDonald. He had someone do a book on him, and in much the same way, the guy that wrote that book, McGinnis, was sort of like, just wowed. Yeah, that he you're would guilty as sin. Yeah, you're guilty as sin. Yeah. In the documentary, he was banging the editor. Oh yeah, and he was banging the editor. Wait, what do you think, Tracy? I've done all this talking. Mike's done some talking. I, this is a case that I still need to do more research on. I haven't even started the documentary yet, so I'm enjoying getting all the perspective. Okay, <laughs> and that way I can go into it kind of knowing what what to what to expect. I mean, it honestly sounds like almost very similar to the Murdaugh fam family because very well connected political family, very rich. There's you know gayness about <laughs> in some way. <laughs> way or form and about that's going to be my yeah. autobiography gayness about. about and then somebody falls down the steps and dies what is it with like that was south carolina this is north carolina what is it about rich north carolina families and people falling downstairs you know um and then there was family members getting murdered so yeah it sounds a little bit like peter pan like you said peter pan narcissist syndrome I, I can almost garner he probably did it you know, just from hearing hearing about the case, I, I can almost, I can also uh, just contrue that he probably did it. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's just that with that pattern of deception and then to ask people and not even to own up to your lies and, and to sort of have this attitude of they're not, they're not important. It's not important that I lied about having a purple heart, guys, right? Like that's, it, it, it's sort of to come up with justifications where it's always somebody else's fault. And you can watch him. What's fascinating is because he did have the documenting crew there. You can watch them when they find new information. Like when they first find a, a prostitute, because at first he said it was just gay male porn on his computer. Well, then they found he met up with some of these guys. There's a part where his lawyers come to him and they're like, they found this guy. Do you know this guy? Here's his name. He says that he's met with, and he's like, oh, what else did he say? Well, isn't that interesting? And what else? What else did he say? Like, he's trying to find out what they know, but without just saying whether he did it or not with his own lawyers, he's sort of in that sort of, oh, well, isn't that curious? And he won't make a statement one way or the other because he wants to get, collect as much info as he can first so he can figure out what to say about it. It's, it's, it's just, yeah. 
I just want to give everybody a little tip. If your partner is looking at porn of the same sex, they're not entirely straight. I'm just going to put that out there as a gay woman who has dated men and has actually dated a gay man. We were each other's beards for a a long time. Not me. It was a long time ago. Before you wasn't me. You were probably a small child at the time, Mikey. (laughs) But uh, but if I had to have a beard today, it would definitely be you. <laughs> but uh if you're looking at porn of the same sex, they're not entirely straight. That I'm not saying they're entirely gay. They could be bisexual. But they're not entirely straight. Just just or that. or just like um I mean if you're going to as he was doing in some cases going to these places where you put you drop the money in the slot and you watch a porn like he's actually going out and then meeting guys at those places do you know what i mean if, if whether it's men or women if you're going out and looking for affairs and you're and and hiding all that and it's just there's something deeply wrong and don't pretend like what what they try to do if it's um if it ends up being the illicit affairs if they end up being gay affairs then they try to hide it under the marginalized person thing then they're like that's what he does he he tries to hide it he comes out he comes out to his his children and instead of saying hey guys i was having these affairs behind your mom's back he's like hey guys i i have to tell you i'm gay and it's like no 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 you were having affairs that's like the first thing you need to say what you did wrong that's why Kevin Spacey, what was the first thing he said when he was caught yep. molesting people? I choose to live as a gay man because he yep. knows the shield that he thinks that offers him. But gay really ain't on the woke hierarchy no more. So, oh, well. oh, speaking of true crime, by the way, not to go down a whole other rabbit hole, but we should do an episode someday about how multiple, I think three or maybe four of them at this point, Kevin Spacey accusers have mysteriously dropped dead. Just mysteriously dropped dead. Wow. I think, I've got to, I think he's a serial killer. I've got to address Matt Deckard's comment uh, about submarine gay and having been in the military myself briefly <laughs> for two years back oh, in the 90s. Morning. Yes, there is a, uh, I would say that, yes, there is gay, gay during opportunity gay where there's nothing else around sure i'll give you a pass on that but if you have access to the opposite sex and you're still looking at gay gay or lesbian porn that's the problem <laughs> join the military yeah <laughs> there's a lot of gays gayness in the military i'll just say that well i gotta get my ass on a submarine <laughs> uh i did not realize that Kevin's three of Kevin Spacey's accusers went missing. Are they dead? Do people are dead? Oh, wow. And one of them, like a few days later, he came out with this creepy ass video. Have you guys seen that? Oh, I've seen no. Kevin Spacey's creepy videos. Yeah. About, but this one, I wish I could remember what he said specifically, but he, in a veiled way, was almost referring to it or so it was creepy. I just want to, I'm, I'm not going to draw any conclusions here about what happened to those three missing accusers, but I just wanted to play. I yes, I know, Bill. <laughs> I told you, this is a very personal decision. That. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to. 
There's a lot of people missing from her past too. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I, I think we should all take the, this opportunity. I will just take this opportunity to say uh, I will never commit suicide. <laughs> <laughs> Me either. I'm a very, very happy, satisfied with my life kind of person. Yeah. <laughs> we will never commit suicide and we have no information that could lead to the arrest or prosecution of Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, or Kevin Spacey. Or Kevin Spacey. <laughs> oh man. He's another one. Have you ever done have you ever done an episode on him, Tracy? Kevin Spacey? No, I haven't. I, I didn't really realize there were murders or possible murders, potential murders, or dead people surrounding Kevin Spacey, so I will have to check into that. Three of his accusers in the span, and they were all like young-ish, in the span of like a year. Drop that. I'm 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 working on one on Hunter Biden. I mean I'm I'm doing I'm working on one on Hunter Biden, but I'm also working on my big Roman Catholicism series, which I'm putting out a couple episodes a week this summer. So I will I will definitely check out Kevin Spacey. Wait, what's ro your Roman Catholicism series? I, I've done a series on the history of the Roman Catholic Church. Is like I've I've got five videos out so far on the the apostles through the Dark Ages, Dark Ages to the Renaissance, and then I've got offshoot videos like uh, that handle things during that time. Like I did Emperor Constantine, I did Nero, I did um, uh, the uh, the Borgias. I did, uh, and I'm coming up on the, uh, I'm working on the Spanish Inquisition and uh, the Reformation and Martin Luther. Or am I going to be my next two in that series? How interesting. Okay, I just dropped the link to your channel in the chat. Uh, I'm going to put your... Sorry, yes, said in the comments that's what it was that he said kevin spacey in the video right after one of the accusers dropped dead the third one he was he made this creepy video and he goes kill them with kindness oh yeah yeah no uh, one has any questions no one has any questions it's the incuriosity that gets me yeah well when i asked if you had done something on him tracy it was really just because I didn't know obviously there were all these all these missing people i knew there was one missing person or or person who died who had accused him i didn't know it was three but <clears throat> he's interesting because when he was in court i saw a, a channel i watch a lot of the behavior panel stuff and uh, a bit and also um body language ghost mm -hmm. channel and people who study body language and 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 try and give you their interpretations of what's going on. And he had the weirdest body language in court. Um, it, it just, he just, it just screamed guilty person to me. Again, reminds me of a narcissist, the way that he carried himself, his disdain and contempt for even the process of being there. And, um, and also the way in which he, from what I remember watching that video, the way in which he would try, whenever he would catch sight of the camera, he would try and like put a, a smile back on his face and that sort of uh, Amber heard like, um, Oh, let me put the mask back on thing, you know, cause somebody's watching mm -hmm. now. So he's real creepy. And speaking of uh, Amber heard, I, I saw that she lost her uh, appeal or, or her attempt to get the judgment thrown out because of jury, jury impropriety or jury tamping tampering. I saw that she lost that. I was happy. Oh, I didn't know that. I miss yeah. that. Yeah, so, me too. 
Mikey, I want to end on something you did. We've got enough what time. Do? What I do? <laughs> We've got enough time to show this. I didn't do it. I didn't do nothing. Well, last time you were here, you were getting ready to do, you were practicing your Jeffrey Marsh impression. And it's so, a work in progress. Anybody who hasn't seen this yet, this is on Mike Carlos Twitter and Instagram. And congratulations. I know you just passed 10,000 subscribers on Instagram, which is hard to do when you've been banned 11 times like you have. And <laughs> K, I get a little K. I wanted that K so badly. So Jeffrey Marsh, for anyone who doesn't know, he is a TikTok and YouTube sensation. He markets himself for children who want to learn about non-binary-ish stuff. And uh, he often talks to kids directly in the videos. And so uh, this is Mike's video. Do you mind if I play this? Yeah, play it. Okay, here we go. I want to talk to the kids. Parents, Parents watch, watch the video and then hand the phone, phone over to the young kids. Hi there. Um, I get asked a lot, are you a boy or a girl? And I love that question. And so I wanted to just tell you sometimes human beings are more than boy or girl sometimes we're both sometimes um we kind of float in between sometimes we're boys sometimes we're girl human beings are creatures we're wild and exciting but i want to ask you um a favor if you, if see, you a see a kid, kid like, like me, me or an adult, or an adult like, like me, would you, would you be extra nice to them? Would you do me a favor and be very, very kind? Um, yeah, yeah like, like anybody, anybody, we can, can get lonely. And, and so, so if you're kind, kind to us, it would be really, really important. So remember, kids, only you can make 45-year-old men feel less lonely now remember at jeffrey says that when mom and dad leave the room that's a good time to be extra nice to us kids <laughs> it's real creepy <laughs> you know that was my goal people were saying i wasn't creepy enough i'm like um i can give you a long list of references of people I've dated who can tell you otherwise. It's really creepy. Uh, you know, I thought also like, I, I sometimes wonder with people like this, am I being too hard on them? Maybe I'm interpreting it in a way they didn't intend, but he tipped himself off in this video because he said, you know, that's the thing. And I think of this a lot with Biden too, is that in so many things or people like this, there's no pretense anymore. The mask is fully off. Like, can't you at least give some sort of pretense? Like if he said, kids, be nice to us because uh, acceptance or some bullshit like that would still be bullshit, but at least there would be some pretense. No, no, no. He gave himself away that he said, be nice to us because we get lonely. Can you imagine on any planet in any universe saying, children, be nice to me because I'm lonely? Yeah. On the pedo planet. <laughs> <laughs> There's something real wrong with him. Yeah.
I think. And, and this isn't the tip of the iceberg. I mean, he's done multiple videos and like daily posts encouraging kids to cut ties with their families, go no contact with their families. And the things that he says about that are really disturbing because not just that he's encouraging it and glamorizing it, but it's there's an assumption immediately that your parents are toxic. Your parents are abusive. It's not if you have an abusive parent, because I know there's some people who have a relative or a parent or somebody that was abusive and the, it's better no contact or whatever. He's outright assuming it and telling people your parents are toxic and sitting there with a big grin on saying, have fun going no contact with them, kids. Kids. He hisses. And these are, these are people that your kids are watching on TikTok. God, I mean, imagine, imagine that there are actually people out there. There are parents out there. And it's true. Look at the comments on any of his videos. They're glowing from parents. There are actually parents out there who heard him say that and did hand the phone over to their children to listen oh, to yeah. Jeffrey. He's one of the ones in the the some of the groups I'm in on Facebook for parents of trans kids. I put that in quotes. Um, they, I saw a post recently where they ask, you know, what kind of, uh, programming is there for my children? What kind of children's programming is there to teach them about non-binary? And I, I looked in the comments to see what people were recommending. Cause I thought I want to see what are these cartoons and stuff that are being marketed to kids. And it, and everybody was recommending that guy show this to your children. I was like, this guy is for children. Like what? He's a children's content creator. I don't know. He, this is what he reminds me of. Yep. <laughs> you hear the way he says the S's just like him? Yeah. And then this part. Sorry, that's that's just thanks for indulging me. That's Jeffrey Marsh, in my opinion. That's Ka from the Jungle Book. Jeffrey Marsh. Be extra nice to us, <laughs> kids. It's creepy. I got these like ten dollar dentures that I wanted to use for him, but I can't. I can't talk with them in because <laughs> he has those big chompers. Wait, put them both in. Ongoing <laughs> <laughs> no contact, kids. <laughs> that should be your Halloween costume. Oh no, I know what my Halloween costume is going to be. What? And Frank in Stein. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> You're so problematic. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's going on my resume. <laughs> oh, my. Also, just the fact that it's July, but you've already thought, given serious thought to what pun and what costume. And I need to get on the ball. I have. I, well, because this always happens to me that in like spring or summer, I'll think of a Halloween costume and I forget it by October. So I set a reminder in my phone this time. Because I had ideas before that I missed out on. I missed out on being John Benet Ramsey. I missed out on sexy Mr. Rogers. 
<laughs> and Frankenstein got this. <laughs> oh man. <clears throat> well, thank you guys for hanging out. It was fun. It's been fun it today. I love you guys. And Tracy, thank you so much for coming to hang out on Deprogrammed. We um you let us know when when the episode comes out that we did for your I will. doing crime. I will. And just tell everybody one more time, each of you, where people can find you. Uh, you can find me on YouTube at uh, Keto and Crime. That's uh, Keto, K-E-T-O, ampersand, crime with a K. I'm also on Twitter, though I, I'm not on there very much. I will up my Twitter game, I promise. But you can find me there under Keto and Crime as well. Are you on the Instagrams? I am on the Instagrams. as uh, I, I believe it's Keto and Crime there, too. I'm, yeah. I'm more of a Facebook YouTube person because I'm old. But I will, uh, <laughs> I will try to branch out a little bit. <laughs> I'm going to try to follow find you on the Instagrams. Okay, Mike, where can people find you? You can find me on the Instagrams. I just hit 10K. I've been banned 11 times on there, four times on Twitter. I never thought I would even still be around on there. I am like one resilient bitch. Um, Instagram is sleepy harlow underscore. I had to add the shitty underscore to try and get out of my cycle of perpetual banning. So if anyone can come up with like a better username for me that isn't already taken, these bitches that have every possible iteration of my name, I hate them. Um, yeah, sleepy harlow underscore on the Instagrams or on the Twitter. I'm like edging in on 10k on Twitter. So follow me on the Twitter. It's not Mike Harlow because I was Mike Harlow and then I was banned. So now I'm not Mike Harlow. But then I got unbanned. So maybe I can be Mike Harlow again. But Mike Harlow was taken. Okay, I'm gonna shut up now. I had a couple coffees <laughs> before this. Find me on my stuff or I have a YouTube channel that's barren. I have a live show next week, though. And videos coming out. My next video like that is on Dylan Mulvaney. Have you seen him? Can you just give us a preview? Because I this one made me laugh. He did this on the phone. I died. Let's do it. <laughs> You're going to laugh now. Please. Hi, it's Dylan Mulvaney, and this is day 35 of being a girl. <laughs> so that video will show what happens to him when the camera goes off. <laughs> <laughs> you nailed it. I'm gonna put my hair in like pigtails for it oh, if I can. God. I'm quirky. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for that one. Uh you guys, thanks for hanging out. If you've been in the chat today, thank you again. Remember, we have Deprogram Book Club coming up tomorrow. It's on locals. You can find us at kerrysmith.locals.com. If you have any questions about how to join, send us an email at deprogrampod at gmail.com. The book we're discussing tomorrow is a book that we can't talk about on YouTube anyway. It's The Real Anthony Fauci by Robert F. Kennedy Jr. And we're going to be doing that at 3 o'clock Texas time. Um, also, if you like the video, consider uh, supporting us. I didn't mention at the top of the show, but we do, I do have a Patreon and a subscribe star and then a local now, so you can support in any of those ways or if you can't do that just share the video or hit subscribe thank you guys very much have a great weekend bye, bye.